tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. for joining us here on PM Express and indeed tonight what we're going to do is try and help you appreciate what the numbers tell us. We spend the day poring over the numbers because we need to make sense of the outcome of the NDC's parliamentary and presidential um, primaries that went on over the weekend. We've all heard the winners. We've all know, we all know now that Joe Mahama won it. But there are some interesting details that we want to isolate and help us appreciate going forward what possibly John Mahama needs to do if he believes that Kamala Dufour, for example, is important for his campaign in the Ashanti region. Why well, isolate that to show that he may have some role to play in the Ashanti region? Will he reach out to him? Today he says he will meet the NDC incumbents who lost, and we'll go through that as well. That is important because, of course, you have to campaign. That, that group, they have a constituency. That's why he needs them. But what about the other two presidential uh, aspirants also? So let's get straight uh, to it. What are the numbers? If you look at John Mahama, John Mahama comes up with 98.95% of the vote. Very significant, overwhelming. In all the primaries he's, he's contested in the past, he's never has he attained this particular number. So this is significant for him, and that is what he was aiming to achieve. 98.95%. That is significant. And then you come to Kojo Bonsu, who only managed... Uh, 1.05% of the votes. Now, what I want you to p- f- focus on, the interesting number here is the rejected ballots. And the rejected ballots tell us a very interesting story indeed. And, and why for us is the rejected ballots interesting? Because the Electoral Commission counted every vote for Dr. Kamandu for as a rejected ballot. Right? And so immediately when you start looking at the huge numbers that you have there on your screen, which is this huge number that you see here of 4,662, a significant huge percentage of this will be votes that went to Dr. Kablado for that Electoral Commission counted as rejected ballots. In other words, if you look at it closely, the rejected ballots came second to John Mahama. And in the bigger scheme of things, you could say that indeed Dr. Kablado for would have been in this position and not Kojo uh, Bonsu. So that is the first thing to note in the numbers that we are beginning to look at as we start more. And then you look at this, that tells us a breakdown of the presidential results according to the regions. If you look at the first, Greater Accra gave the most you know, votes to the winner of some 59,000 votes. Ashanti region 
comes uh, next. And those two regions have the overwhelming number of delegates going into this, twice as many as even the, the, the third place, which is the Eastern region. No, no surprise there. And look at, you know, Jomama's, you know, won this handsomely everywhere, right? Kujobongsu is, you know, these small, small numbers here. But as I always say, the Kojobonsu's numbers and you know, President, you know, former President John Romani Mohammed's numbers aren't interesting. But once you begin to factor in the rejected ballots, then it begins to become a bit more interesting. Now, look at the rejected ballots. Which region has the most rejected ballots? That is the Ashanti region, which is this particular uh, graph that you see there, the first one. Now, remember that on this same channel, when we were speaking to Dr. Kamaladuko's people, they told us that they believe their stronghold is in the Ashanti region. For which reason, Dr. Kamaladuko spent a significant time in Ashanti region campaigning because they believe that's where they will get most votes. And if you look really at the Ashanti region, it actually bears him out, considering that the Electoral Commission counted votes for Dr. Kamaladuko as rejected. Look at Ashanti region's votes. 999 rejected votes in the Ashanti region alone. Our argument is a significant number of this, well in excess of possible 800 to 900 of this, will be votes that went to Dr. Kobladufo. And this is the number we are talking about, 999 of the votes that you see there are rejected ballots in the Ashanti region. Dr. Kobladufo's stronghold and we are seeing that story. Again, they also claim to us that they believe apart from the Ashanti region, Greater Accra region will be their next stronghold. Again, if you look at the numbers in Greater Accra, and this is the Greater Accra numbers here, we are talking about some 478 uh, rejected ballots there. Our argument is that those will also go to Dr. Kamnadufo because the EC counter that as rejected. So you're beginning to see a parting emerging of a Dr. Kamnadufo who wasn't in the race, people still voting uh, for him in this particular uh, context. But the EC, of course, rightly counting that as rejected. And then this is even where you begin to see the picture uh, even you know, emerge even stronger when you come to Dr. Kwame Nandufo's, um ability in this race. And what he did, that, as you know, many NDC folks are pretty unhappy with him. Because if you look at the uh, total number of delegates that went into this particular race, 355,000 delegates. Total votes cast is 307,371. Total delegates who did not vote is 47,000. 721. Now, why is this interesting? Now, this is interesting because if you look at the number of those who didn't vote, remember what happened. As of the morning of Friday, a lot of delegates were not sure that this vote would come off in the first place, right? And then it came off. The argument is that a huge percentage of this number here that didn't vote may have been affected by that. That's one argument um, to back this. Then secondly, Another possibility is that some of them were disappointed with the way the thing had gone, possibly didn't like Dr. Kwame uh, you know, withdrawal from the race, and so they were intending to vote for him. If he's not in a race, why do we bother to go and vote at all? But 47,722 is a significant number. Now, if you look at the percentages, so we are talking about 13.44% of the voters did not vote at all. So we're talking about a turnout of 86.56%. That is huge. But considering that these are delegates who had already committed to vote, John Mahama had paid them their transportation, all of them, to vote. They possibly took the money and they didn't go and vote. Why is the question you need to ask? 13.44%. This all comes down, we believe, to the Dr. Kamala Dufour factor. Either because of the suit that he filed left people uncertain, and so this huge number uh, didn't turn out to vote. Or many of them would have voted for him. He had withdrawn. There was no motivation anymore to step out there and vote. Again, another important point to consider in this race. Still, on this factor, we'll come to the point we're trying to make with this as we drill down the numbers, right? Still, delegates who did not vote, and this tells you the numbers. And again, look at the Ashanti region, by the way, this you see here 
is the Ashanti region. Out of the number that I showed you earlier, I want to go back to it. The 47,721 who didn't vote, as many as 23,347 of them were in Ashanti region alone. You see why that backs the point I was making earlier. That theory that people saw a man had pulled out, we won't vote at all. Right? That is a very important point I need you to you know, focus on as we begin to analyze the Dr. Kabbalah Dufour, um, the Dr. Kabbalah Dufour effect in this. And then you come to the Eastern region. And each time you look at the Eastern region, you begin to see the rejected ballots. Italian, right? Also was the second. The second region with the most rejected ballots. Again, if you look at that, 9,241. But if you put the two together, plus the greater Accra region of 4,350 uh, uh, people who did not turn out to vote, that begins to tell you that you cannot discount that at least in the Ashanti region, these 23,347 delegates who didn't turn out to vote will be important going forward. These are people that Jomahama will need to reach out to to get them on board going into the elections. Elections is about numbers. If indeed the party drills down the numbers like we've done, they will possibly come to the conclusion that we need Dr. Kwabana Dumpo to help us out in the Ashanti region. And as we've always said, the NBC never wins an election if they don't get above more than 20% in the Ashanti region. So that is an important factor to consider. Um, and we need to find out, I mean, and by the way, let's, let's, put it, let's make this um, simple. JM has shown that people who had contested him in the past, he brought them into the fold. Joshua Alabi was a second. The last time the primary came around in 2019, he came second to him. Today, he's his campaign manager. Our argument is that if Joshua had been on the ballot, he possibly would have been second. What would JM do with him going into the 2024 elections? Our argument is that you need him in the Ashanti region as you're beginning to see a lot more people in the Ashanti region simply didn't vote at all, counting as possibly their man dropping out of the race. So that is one of the key things that we observed in the race. That is the Kamaladu four factor. And then the many people, of course, who joined the race that we know now, who, you know, new faces, some of them dropping out. But this is the list that many people have been talking about today. The incumbents who lost in the primary. The Sanerugu MP, for example, ABF Husseini, has been trending all the time, right? It's been trending in the, in, in the, in, 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 on Twitter because of his fame with, you know, Proverbs. But that's him. He, he's dropped out of the race. Uh, and then you have, for me, my, I think the biggest of them is Dr. Kabbalah for who you have uh, on your screen there. Um, Dr. Kabbalah uh, dropping uh, from the, in terms of the primary outcome, he's lost their Prue East, a significant, a factor there, many have said because he was seen as a rebel. Is that why he was kicked out? He openly said, I, I can't tell the party line when it came to voting against uh, some of the uh, ministers who were recently appointed. And in his own constituency, people there filed protests against him. Many of them delegates. So he lost, right? So that's an interesting story, imagine there. So there are 16 of them. Uh, who indeed we know now, and going back to Parliament after the 2024 elections because they lost in the primary. They have one, they have more years to go, and then that will be it. A lot of them indeed, some of them, you know, the Bongo MP, for example, another one who lost. But look at the margins, tiny little margins, tiny little margins there. And one of them in particular that I, I found interesting was in, in Garu, where Albert Akuka Alanzuga lost by four votes. If I were him, many say I would have asked for a recount, as we saw in the case of, uh, you know, Agbana, who is said, who's basically saying, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, my guests will join me. Um, and then we, there's another factor right that we need to look at. That also came out of the NDC uh, primaries. You know the seven MPs who sponsored the anti-gay bill? Six of them are members of the NDC. And before the primaries. One of them was on the show, Rocks and Dafiamekpo, and I said that the gay lobby were targeting them. They were sponsoring the opponents in the bid to unseat them because, of course, they have been advocating this cause. What really happened to all of them in this primary? 
when you look at the fact that all of them, with the exception of the Lassoa, who lost, it tells a story that going next into next year, it's going to become an issue in the political campaign. And whichever political party fails to appreciate how Ghanaians, and the NDC delegates have shown that, that they don't tolerate anybody who will stand in the way of passing that bill. And that will give a signal to what the NDMPP might do also going in. This is a very important thing to, to also look at. There are a lot of big issues that this NDC primary is helping us appreciate some of the issues that will become topical going into the 2024 elections. And we'll be isolating that and looking at what the numbers tell us. Stay with us. Every day, people have money emergencies. Ma, I need my school fees emergency. Mommy chop money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, challenge and enjoyment. At the top life we got. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. All of a sudden, my voice is different. And when you try a call, Bama, bring me the honey whiskey. You know the one? Black Rock Whiskey. Honey Whiskey. Shale, honey, dear Frau. Black Rock Whiskey is strong. Now, so test me a smooth. And it goes down easy. Excuse me. Bama! Bama! Bring my friend one Black Rock Whiskey. Black Rock Whiskey, blended with natural honey flavor. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey, what's up? Batman. Hey, what the hell is Canton Sada? If you have been to a man, I know. Black Rock Whiskey. Tabby, the feel is smooth, Nasno. Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18 years of age and not recommended for pregnant women. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. There are days when you think, whoa, today I've earned it. So order a Glovo. Days when plans run longer. What if we order a Glovo? Or days when you can't control everything? Oh yes, because on Glovo, you can order anything you want. Glovo, you order, we deliver. Crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows. Download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adam Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. a family without a home imagine a song without a voice imagine a church without prayers imagine a government without citizens imagine democracy without journalists Imagine a world without the media. Life is full of issues and stories about people, communities, and governments. Stories that have to be told by well-trained journalists. 
That's why you can't imagine news without Joy News. So, as you've been uh, joining us, as we've been doing analysis uh, from the primaries over the weekend, Sam George, his face is on the, on the touch screen, but he's seated here with me. And that's why I want to go to that next. And for us, that is an important thing to look for going into next year. Going into this you know, primary, many were uncertain. What will happen to these seven sponsors of the anti-gay bill? Will they lose their seats? Because we knew, at least, Roxing had confirmed it on this show, that they become targets. So what happened to them in the primaries? It's interesting to look at. But also, it signals what will happen next year. And I've heard Sam George today on the Super Morning Show saying that many of the religious bodies, both Christian and Muslim, were out there in the numbers helping and supporting his campaign because they believed in what he was representing in, in pushing through this bill and advocating for it. And that, for me, made a very important point, that going into the 2024 elections, you cannot sit on the fence on the matter because these religious forces, they have the numbers. And whoever shows his face and, and being very categorical will get their, their money going into the elections. And they have said that, that parties must declare their stance on the LGBTQ matter. And that will influence who they tell their members in the church and the mocks to vote for. And Sam John proves the factor here. Because if you look at his performance in the race, many thought he was going to have a significant uh, battle on his hands. As it turned out, it wasn't as, 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 as intense at all because he won this handsomely in Ningo in, in Pram Pram. And if you look at you know, this, this bit here, we are talking about the margin that he won by in the last primary in 2019, only won by seven votes. But look at the margin this time around. Uh, 410. So that's significant. At the time when we thought he was going to, he was going to struggle. So he won this handsomely there. And he was one of those, obviously, pushing this agenda. And the religious community and like-minded people were there to make sure that he won, uh, to send that message. Another man who was also a sponsor, Emmanuel Bedra, who was also won there. And again, if you look at from the last elections to now, he had increased his margin uh, from 290 to 341 votes. And then Roxing uh, Nelson Dafiamekwa, of course, won. But of course, you have uh, Samokudu Tablaka, who is also there, but he was on the post. Uh, and so for him, you know, the story really you know, as, as interesting. So for me, that tells a story. But De La Soa lost. What are we reading into that? I'll ask Sam George his thoughts on this. You know, I, but he, she's just um, an exception, really, uh, to the rule. All of them won. And that, for me, makes, makes an important point uh, to this. But there are also some interesting faces, a lot of new faces coming in. And, and you have Sadiq Abubakar, very interesting. Oh, but look at Charles Asiru. Charles Asiru is the son of Asiru Nketiah, by the way. Uh, and, and Asiru Nketiah will be very proud of his son getting into politics in Tano South. Oh, and, of course, the former general secretary of the Ghana Medical Association also winning in the, uh, in, no, not Tanosal, this is in Lambushi, in, in the Upper West region. And then Joanna Jan Kujo, uh, that is the wife of uh, Keche. And before the elections, she really ran a very tight campaign there, and she also came through handsomely uh, in there. And then this is the one that is in the tie, which is still now being, um, which is also still now being a subject of some controversy. The party is trying to resolve this. Uh, in this matter. There's one vote counted, well, Eddie McBana won, recounted, and then there was a tie, which the party will have to find a way of resolving this. That's the outstanding bit. Let me go to Sam George, who is seating. Um, he's seated already, and also Felix Kwachifu. So both of them won, and so we need to say congratulations for them. Also joining us on Zoom right now is Titus Berio, uh, who always joins us in the evening. And I would have introduced him as the General Secretary of the Ghana Medical Association. We'll go straight into talking something about COVID or, you know, the workers' uh, the conditions of service for doctors. But now let me introduce him as the, uh, the, the elect, the 
parliamentary candidate elect for Lambusi. Thank you very much for joining us, Titus, and congratulations to you. Thank you, Evans. Um, good evening to uh, senior comrades in the studios. Indeed, we have to pay homage where homage is due. They are senior comrades, indeed. And guess who? The senior most of all comrades is also joining us right now. Um, he's in the passing of the MP for Asawasi, the former minority chief whip, Muntaka Mubarak. I am grateful, Mr. Mubarak, that you join us here on PM Express. I know your battle, just like Sam George, many thought was going to be fierce. It turned out that you, you really gave him a whipping. And I watched this all the way. I've interviewed you many, many times. I was in no doubt that you were, you were going to win this. And thankfully, you went through and sailed through uh, nicely. Thanks for joining us also. Um, but let me go to Sam George first because of where I was ending with this analysis of the uh, LGBTQ matter. Sam George, I'm grateful that you could join us uh, in the studio uh, right now. But I want to ask you that, that question. I mean, many going into this had thought that that was going to be an issue. On the show, your colleague, Roxanne Noss, Daphne Amekpo, had told us that, well, some you know, gay lobbies were campaigning in your constituency trying to unseat you. Did you see that play a factor, a role at all, in, in elections um, before Saturday? And if so, how did you overcome it? Well, good evening to our viewers and, um, and to my co-panelists, Felix and uh, comrades online, uh, Senior Muntaka and uh, Comrade Bayo. Well, like Roxin stated, the, the, the interest, the various interest groups were present on the ground. Um, they, they tried to have their say, but the forces of light had their way. Um, they did what they, they, they thought they could do best. But the, the beauty of it is that the NDC delegates have come to a position where they know what they want. They know the quality that is, is, is required in Parliament. And they were not going to be swayed around by things that, first and foremost, they weren't convinced about, they had no conviction on. And so for me, I thought that it was a lot more of hype and noise by what I call the forces of darkness. And, and, and eventually, um, reason and logic prevailed. Okay. So forces of light and darkness is what you said, Sam George? Yes. Okay. And the forces of light won. Certainly, light always. And, and today, I'm interested in the point that you made that you know the religious bodies came to support you. How how important were they in the outcome? I think it was critical that they they put their money where their mouth is, basically, as the saying goes. Um, I, I I don't think that there's any religion that supports homosexuality in any form or shape, and they have been a critical part of. They've been a critical part of the whole journey that we've embarked on. Traditional authority as well. I mean, it wasn't just the religious bodies that reached out in Ngopampam. There are traditional rulers in, and authorities in Ngopampam who also intervened. And don't forget, before I started work on this bill, I engaged the two traditional councils in Ningo and Pampam on whether to take up this fight. I had held 18 town hall meetings. And so you had traditional authorities, you had the Christians, you had the religious bodies, I mean, under the auspices of the Office of the Chief Imam, the coalition of Muslim groups, Komog, had this national president and the national president of the Ghana Union of Muslim Students flying from Tamale to meet with all Muslim delegates. So this turned out to be an advantage instead of something that would have hurt you in the race? Well, the, the fact that you were very out there campaigning for the passage of the bill. Was well, 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 because the people of Ningo Pram Pram had said to me that in the 18 town hall meetings I had that this was something they wanted me to push. And so, basically, I was only following what was their desire. And so, why would they vote against mm. an MP who is doing what they've asked them to do? Would you vote against your MP if he was doing what you asked them to do? Of course not. The, out of the six of you, only the last one, you know, fell. Um, I don't know if you've called there. Do you think there's could you read any other meaning to that? It just, you know, I, I unfortunate. I haven't spoken with uh, Della, but the, the situation in Pando is, is not, I, I, you cannot attribute it to the LGBTQ. I mean, if you just did, uh, you can have your team do an analysis mm. of, of her stand, or her standing in the constituency over the last two, three elections. And I mean, Sebastian Day is not a new face. He contested her the last time and came second. Yeah. And then you look at the general elections and the outcome of the general elections and how that had played out. 
there were even suggestions that she may not have even run uh, until she made up her mind to run. So I would not place um, her loss at the doorstep of, 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 of the LGBTQ influence. No. Anyway, uh, congratulations to you again. Another uh, man joining me in the studio is uh, Felix. Felix won the last time he's won again. I was just telling you before he came on the show that uh, his, his conspiracy wasn't interesting because it, we thought it was a foregone conclusion, and so he proved. He says, well, I wasn't taking it for granted at all. You also you gave it your all. Absolutely, but um, there is also... Belie the intensity and fierceness of the contest. It was, was quite eventful. Um... As you indicated, I, I did not take chances at all. I put everything into it in order to make sure that I secured victory, which, in my view, is necessary uh, for, as it were, rescuing the seat from the non-performing MPP MP, Elvis Mazdonko. Uh, so you may look at the results and think that, oh, it was all rosy, it was all cushy. It wasn't? No, it wasn't. There were, there were powerful forces at play, and I had to dig deep. Okay. In order to achieve this result, my campaign team worked extremely hard, and I'm most most grateful to them for for the work they put in to 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 enable us achieve this this objective. Yeah. Mm. Before I come to Munta Kamobayak, let me go to a, a new face, a new kid on the block, uh, Doctor Titus Bayo. Uh, Doc, uh, again, congratulations to you. You you won in, in Lambusi. What worked for you? I mean, I know we focus a lot on you in the media because we were all surprised when you jumped in and declared that you were running. We thought, well, has he nurtured a constituency? In the end, you won this, and you won this quite handsomely. What worked? Um, well, I would say it's a combination of several factors. First of all, the grace of God. Um, we thank God for that. And then lots of hard work. Uh, in the run-up to the election, I, among the three candidates, I think I spend the most time in the constituency. Um, like uh, um, Felix said, I gave it my all. I, I gave it more than 100% if there's anything like that. And above all, I think uh, I took this decision based on calls that I have received from the constituents. And uh, it was my hope and prayer that they will keep their side of the deal, which is that when I came in, they would give me the nod. And they did just that. And then, as you would notice, um, beating an incumbent, very experienced in this field, is not that easy. And, and I congratulate and salute uh, my colleagues who uh, were in the contest. It was not that easy at all. And when you look at the figures, they don't tell the full story. But it's years of work, and then um, that culminated in this. Okay, and it's showing. I uh, guess another new face also joining us. Last week he was on the show, and he had been campaigning all day. He had left here at 10, and he was going straight back into the campaigning. And he also came into this as a new face. Many said he was green, but won this. Sadiq Abubakar joins us. Hello, Sadiq. Great to have you, Sadiq, and congratulations to you. You brought your stardust, you, you sprinkled, it, sprinkled it in your area, and you won. Is that what yes. accounted for this? Outcome? Come again, what, what did you say? I mean, your stardust. Remember last time you were here, we were talking about the fact that you are coming from uh, an entertainment background, and that that right, would be right. an advantage yes. for you going into the elections. Yes. You did yes. not disagree. Did that play the trick? Uh, well, I mean, not entirely. I think that just like everybody had said, I also gave it my all. Um, I had to, I, I had to spend a lot more time in the constituency. Um, also, because of the, the perception by a lot of people that, um, oh, I mean, everybody felt that there are a number of people from my opponents that felt like, oh, I mean, this guy is a soft guy. I mean, he wouldn't be able to do a lot of the, the, the grassroots work. Um, but I mean, I think that uh, I was out to prove to them that. Uh, I was made for this, and I've always worked hard and I always went to the extra mile um, um, in everything that I've done. And we've, I've always sought to have a very, very strong work ethic. And so I just had to apply that. And so I spent time. One of the things I did, for instance, on the quiet, without anybody knowing, was that I had said to my team in the beginning that I wanted to know the faces and the houses of about 1,000 delegates before the end of the year last year. You know, my, I remember the first thing that popped up from within my team was like, hey, child, this is not possible. Wow. I mean, time will be. And I said, listen, let's do the harder stuff. Let's do the hardest work. So we spent time going. We couldn't achieve a 1,000 target, but we did almost 800. 
where we knew we went to each and everyone's house, spoke to them, engaged them out of these 800, had their contacts, and then introduced the message to them. So by the time we were going into the branches, these groups had almost were, 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 had, were part, then the interactions with them and the feedback, um, the, the, all of that went into the messaging that we took around during the branches, and all of that helped. So I really, really applied it. You know, at a point I had to step down from the company and company I founded, all because I wanted to apply myself fully to the process and to ensure that we leave most and on 10 as much as possible to enable us win. And that's all. That's what we did. I mean, Muntaka Baba, you are the most experienced hand here on the show. You, your constituency was a hotbed of political um, controversy going into this. And many thought this possibly could be your last. Today, in fact, your good friend, former leader, Haruna Drusu, told us at midday that you were a target um, of people in your party forces who wanted you out of that particular constituency, and they were using this primary as a means of getting you out. You survived. How? I was grace. I the grace of God. I mean, I've lost my voice. I mean, understandably, sure understand I've lost my voice. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been, God has been so merciful to me. I've never played. I mean, you are a witness to how hard I've worked in Parliament and how hard I've worked in my constituency. Anybody who knew my constituency when I first became a member of Parliament, I mean, we were the laughing stock of Kumasi. I mean, we were last in almost everything. I was the first to fight to break my constituency from KMA to create a new municipal and I remember very well they were called the Zongo Municipal. But by the time we did four years, from 2013 to 16. Wendy's Strawberry Frosty is back for the summer. Because if it's summertime, it's frosty time. Beach time? Frosty time. Tea time? Frosty time. Me time? Treat yourself to Wendy's Strawberry Frosty this summer and make time for Frosty Time. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Now open till midnight or later. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's. Hours may vary. Dr. Rick here. Another sign you're becoming your parents is getting particular about details that don't matter. The craziest thing happened when we got tacos the other day. Was it Wednesday or Thursday we got tacos? I know it wasn't Tuesday because that's when I went to my hairdresser. Shoot. What day was it? See how we all lost interest there? Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The massive development and the change. I mean, most of our schools were in wooden structures. I've turned into blog. And so, potentially, God had messed with you. So, I had a track record of consistency. Even though I've kept long, and as you know, 20 years is not 20 days. And sometimes there's a voter fatigue. But if you look at the election in 2020 and how I was able to increase the votes of NDC in the Congress so massively, I mean, you would have thought that a premise, I mean, nobody really tried to challenge me in the primary. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, like my, you said, my leader uh, rightly said, whatever reason, all of a sudden, people within the party, some few people uh, chose to do the things they, they, they wanted to do for me, it was shameful because, you see, we, we don't do the things that people wanted to do to a senior member of parliament. But when you do that, you draw effort. You, you tell others who are behind that it is not worth dying for the party. I don't believe so. I believe that it's worth dying for NDC. I have stood in. I have worked tirelessly. We've done a lot of things to, to uplift the image of the party, both in my constituency, in my region, and in parliament. And I, I sincerely believe that I didn't deserve the kind of uh, unnecessary uh, fingering and uh, lies that were being purported uh, and assistance and people tried to drill my effort and all that. But at the end of the day, I prevailed by the grace of God. So I thank Allah for all he has done for me, and I thank my team, and my thank, I thank the delegates and my constituents for the continued trust in me. It hasn't been easy. I mean, like all of them said, Obviously, when these things happened, especially starting from the removal from the leadership, I decided to refocus because I knew the moment I was removed from leader, I knew what people were trying to uh, get at me. 
So I focus on my constituency, and uh, it has paid off because I, I, I worked very hard with the team. Unfortunately, because I knew the constituency inside out, I wasn't a new person. I've been tested and tried many times. People can attest to the fact that my word, even my constituency, is like a knife. I will give you my word and take it back. So those things help me, and I, I'm grateful. And I, I think into the future, I need to even work harder. I mean, some George, I want to drill down a bit to the, the scale of winning a primary when the delegates list has expanded quite exponentially. Um, how do you go around? And, and Sadiq says something. He, he gave himself a task of meeting individually, going to homes of a thousand delegates and seeing them on the ATF in their homes. What's your strategy? Well, for me, every election is different. No, no two elections are the same. Um, my first election in 2015 against the Robility Mentor had a, a delegates list of 16,000. Mm. Okay, so that was completely different from 2019 where there was a delegate list of 847 and 807 voted. And then in this election, 1,747 and about 1,690 voted. So every election is different. But what is cardinal and principal is understanding what the mindset of the delegates are and being able to drill down into it, whether it's a parliamentary election or it's the presidential primaries, because ultimately you need to sell a message and you, that, that you need to know what the delegates themselves are looking out for. And, and I believe that delegates' elections are just a microcosm of the general elections. Mm. And, for example, going into the 2024 general elections, there are key things that Ghanaians are going to be looking for. It's those same, those Ghanaians, the delegates in Ingo Pram Pram are a microcosm, they're a sample group of those Ghanaians. So, for example, today when President Mahama, in his acceptance speech, spoke about the fact that he's going to be giving the media the free reign to work without fear, it's something that would resonate with the media fraternity, giving the fear you're working under today, when he spoke about the fact that persons who had their bonds locked up within a year of his coming into government will have their bonds or their, 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 their funds paid back to them, will resonate with a group of people who have suffered under this government. When President Mahama spoke about reducing his ministers and appointing only 60, it's something that many people in civil society have been worried about or talking about having an advisory council that is going to have civil society play a leading role in there. It's something that matters to people. So you must be able to structure and fashion out a campaign message that resonates with the people of our country. People of Ghana today are very vexed at the corruption in the system. So when President Mahama says that he's going to investigate the Al Jazeera issue, for example, it's something that will resonate with the Ghanaian people because the Ghanaian people want to see what's happening. Civil society and the media. I've heard you talk several times about a review of our constitution. President Mahama has made a commitment in his acceptance speech today to do that. So when you, when you go into a campaign, it's not just the razzmatazz of the campaign. The electorates have become extremely savvy. And so you must speak to the hearts and minds of the people. The two different things. Speaking to the heart of the person is different from speaking to their minds. You must speak to their minds by, with, with, the, with the things that you speak about, the things that you say. Because, for example, if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if I met you as a journalist and I said to you that one of the key things that we're going to do was to make sure, or as a young man, was to create jobs, like President Mama did again today in his speech about, about job creation for young people, that's speaking to your mind. Because as a young man, what you think about is how do you feed? How, how, how do you survive? Speaking to your heart will be about the charisma, will be about the way I approach you, the appeal, the, the, the persona of the person, the branding. So it's two different things. But winning an election comes with the science and the art of it. And for me, I think that if you looked at Ningo Pram Pram, for example, in, in that contest, this last contest, it was all about Sam George is using the common fund to buy a Land Cruiser. Sam George yeah. is, has used the common fund to buy a Land Cruiser. He's using the common fund to take care of his wife and children. Sam George walks like a policeman. Those were the campaign messages of the other side. Now, you have people who are educated and people who work in the local government service and know that the common fund doesn't come to an MP, it goes to the assembly. But you so, think the delegates appreciate that nuance? 
Ah, well, I don't know where you come from, but in Ngo Pampama, you do. do. They knew. They, 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 they knew that such a character was not the type they would send to Parliament. If he could insult their intelligence by coming to tell them that the MP has used the common fund to buy a land cruiser, when they hear every four years the Bruhaha about the loan for land cruisers for MPs, I mean, people think, and that's why I said to you, that electorates have become savvy. And so when you tell them that Sam George works like a policeman, they want an MP who is going to be security conscious and able to police the ballot box and protect the votes that need, the 100,000 votes Ngo Pam Pam will give to John Mahama. They want an MP who has what it takes to protect it. So if you come there as a timid soul and come and tell them that Sam George works as a policeman, they want a policeman for the ballot box. Mm. So those are the things that would, would appeal to the hearts and souls of the people. And like, like I said... The parliamentary is just a, 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 like a subset of the larger. When you look at the presidential, whilst other people were frolicking on their own and attacking President Mahama's personality and his enviable track record that they would have run on in the unlikely event that they became but who, but who in flag bearer. Who would dare do that? Flag bearer. Oh. People did that in this campaign? Why? Why, where were you when Dr. Dufo was engaged in all the things? That I, he, I mean, that, at that level, you know, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, you know, but, but you, you see, whilst they were doing that, President Mama didn't, didn't waste his time about that. I mean, he stuck to the policy issues and, again, reiterated them today in, 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 in his speech where he spoke about, for example, the scrapping of... Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. So, I, so I, it's I, about I the like campaign. You have to attack your... You have to try and find a way of belittling your opponents in the way that will... Ex, you know, raise you up in a mind. Well, 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 if you, if it's you, a contest, you know. Well, the delegates are looking for substance. They pick substance over form. So when you are attacking the personality of your opponent and not delivering substance on what they will vote for you for, when you become president, they want to know if you are going to abolish ex gratia like President Mahama has made a categorical statement on. The other party is attacking the man's, the man's personality. Why? When you attack the man's personality, that was going to give us a stable economy. President Mahama has promised a stable economy and shown you how he would do it. And reiterated it in his, in his acceptance speech today. That is what people look for in a leader. I mean, Felix, in your constituency, you mentioned earlier that you also had forces, sure. I mean, working against you. Sure. What were the tactics that were deployed against you and how did you deal with it? Well, essentially, it was about pitching myself directly against my opponents and give, crafting a message that suited the, the environment within which I was operating. Uh, essentially, delegates were compelled to make a choice between an experienced hand and a relatively new face. Who was the experienced hand here? Myself, of course. of course. I have been in this thing for quite some time. And she is a relative uh, newcomer to this. Again, having come that close in the 2020 elections, it was important to sell a message that said that I represented their best hope in terms of winning that seat. Also, mine is a constituency that is relatively rural. That does not appear to have a voice in the national conversation. So it was important to impress upon them that I was going to offer that voice, which then would catalyze, if you like, the sort of development that that constituency requires. So it was all about messaging and how that messaging uh, permeated through the ranks of the delegates. And I think that myself and my campaign team did that quite successfully. Of course, I also suffered attacks, which is not unusual in this terrain. So it was the least of my worries. There were also forces at various levels within the party that sought to undermine my efforts. But I was unfazed. I thought that it was important to focus on the task ahead and sell a message which, which resonated. You know, each time I've heard this, I've heard this a lot in the last 24 hours. Candidates saying there were forces in the party that came after them. As we've heard, Muntaka um, say, Harun Edris, who have said, in fact, you've also said the same. You're also repeating it. What, what is it about that? Why would anybody want you out, considering your track record and the sacrifices you've made? Well, that that always that, surprises me. That is a million dollar question. You wonder what it is that people are looking for. And my, my brother here has um, <laughs> made a point that you have substance, and yet some choose form. Some decide that because of your hard work and uh, the sort of, if you like, popularity it brings you, you must be torn down. And so they go to extraordinary lengths. In your own party? Absolutely. I was amazed at the level of opposition I faced internally. I was amazed. But I, I was unfazed. With but who, who were these forces? Well, it's not, it's not appropriate at this, at this time to mention it. But you know them? Oh, of course. I'm did you confirm them? Well, some I did. Some too, I glossed over. I didn't think that whatever they did was going to be enough 
to convince the leaders otherwise because they live the experience. They, they are the ones who have to make the choice. And it is their decision to make. No external force was going to influence them. And I did quite a good job impressing that upon them. At the end of the day, whatever machinations were, were put up against me failed. And I managed to sail through. But at this moment, I think that the focus ought to be on reconciliation. And so all those matters can be put behind us. As Have you forgiven them. those forces? I didn't bear them any grudge. As I told I was unfazed. I was a little surprised. But I was unfazed. Were, were these senior figures, executive Some senior, some in middle-level positions, some right down, right down there on the local terrain. But like I said, I was unfazed. I thought that it was a challenge. And I had to show that I could surmount such a challenge. I did so successfully with the help of several friendly forces. I must indicate. There were also many, many, many who supported my cause at all levels of the party. And I'm most grateful to them. But I guess that what it does is to offer very useful lessons on how to carry yourself within the political organization if you are going to be successful as a, as a politician. But all those lessons help in, in forging the sort of character that is required you know, to you know, blaze through uh, this, this terrain. But it was all well and good. At the end of the day, success crowned our efforts. That is what is most important. I'm curious to know from the two new faces we have, whether because many say sometimes you are a victim of your own success. Both of you here, including um, uh, Muntaka, have succeeded in many ways in the party and beyond. And so in doing that, you may have stepped on a few toes in your own party. Maybe that's why... They but that is true. Before you go to it, that is true. That, Indeed, that's why they came so, Yeah, you recall that in times past, we have had to take positions, especially yeah. in internal contests. So in doing so, there are some who get offended. They may not tell you, but they bear you a grudge and they hold it against you and they do everything they can to tell you down. Some I thought were my friends actually turned out to be people who were working and jostling behind the scenes to undo my efforts. But it was all well and good. For me, what matters most is offering qualitative representation to the people of Abra Sebuka Mankes. And the NDC delegates have given me an opportunity to do so. I intend to take that opportunity seriously and work very hard to annex that seat for the NDC so that together with my colleagues in parliament and the party as a whole in government, uh, in parliament, I will pardon, and, my, my, and the party as a whole in government, we are able to deliver the goods to the people. But I, I have committed myself to turning around the fortunes of that constituency because they deserve it. They have enormous potential. Unfortunately, it has not been tapped because there has been a deficit in the quality of representation. I intend to bridge that gap mm. with the help of various stakeholders in that constituency. I mean, Titus Bayou, what's your experience there? Did you also have forces in the party coming at you, considering that you are a relatively new face coming onto the scene to contest a, a position as important as a parliamentary candidate? Um, it's interesting, Evans. Um, the dynamics are quite different in my situation. I came in. I came in with a pedigree uh, of uh, an academic, um, successful career in union leadership, um, and and a whole lot of other issues. And that in itself, um, instead of being an advantage. Windy strawberry frosty is back for the summer. Cause if it's summertime, it's frosty time. Beach time, frosty time. Tea time, frosty. Me time. Frosty time. Treat yourself to Wendy's Strawberry Frosty this summer and make time for Frosty time. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Now open till midnight or later. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's. Hours may vary. Sometimes it's taken by your opponents as a disadvantage. And so you find a situation where uh, instead of campaigning on issues, people tend to attack you. Uh, in my instance, uh, what helped is that, like uh, my co uh, colleagues have said, is having a message that resonates with the people. I had a solid team, uh, and my campaign was championed by the youth uh, because I'm youthful myself, and I could resonate with the problems of the youth. And so the youth took up my, my, my battles for me. I did not really have uh, forces within the party working against me that I can count off. But then people will just pick things that are really good of you and turn them into negative. I faced peculiar situations in my area because there, are, there were tribal issues um, where uh, people wanted to play the tribal card and therefore they assassinate your character. And Ivers, in fact, if there's a lesson I have learned, I just told my colleagues, my next medical lecture, I'll be telling my medical student, instead of doing a DNA test, um, if you really want to know your parents, you want to know <laughs> your paternity or stuff, just pick up a party political, um, a political party card 
and attempt to contest for uh, a position. And your history will be traced to you, both the truth and the lies. You know, people fabricated all sort of things against me that were not real. Uh, but the critical thing is to focus. Do you have a message to deliver? Yes. What was our message? Advocacy is lacking. I am coming from a district that is very deprived, um, that is not getting a share of the national cake. And what is needed there is a strong leader, one with the capacity to do proper representation, one with the capacity to advocate for development in the area. And I think my constituent bought this over tribal sentiments. I mean, you would find people telling you, we have several tribes in the constituency. We have the Sesales, we have the Gadges, we have Wala, we have Moshi, Fulanese, all within the mix. And you, you will find people trying to push for a Sesala candidate, um, others thinking that, okay, there are two people of uh, Dagati origin, let's spread the vote, let the Sesala candidate win. But what was interesting is that people will tell you, we don't care the tribe of the person. What we care is development. What we care is someone who can represent us well. And so when these tribal sentiments come up, we find people within the same tribe rising up and saying, look, look at the quality, not the color the person is wearing. Look at the quality, not the language the person speaks. And I think that really, really, really worked. And if there's a lesson I've learned from this, it is that politicians must begin to realize as His Excellency um, John Dramani Mahama stated, the delegates are the kingmakers, and they appreciate and know what is good, and they know what they want. The era where you just attack someone's character, their personality, and use that to get vote is long past. We are sifting um, between the messages they receive, they analyze it. You see people who are not educated to very high level, but they understand the issues more than one would expect. And that is what I, 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 I encountered here. I went with messages in education, uh, in the health sector, in youth empowerment, in women empowerment, and then what you get from the other side is just barrage of attacks. You know, no clear message on what they intend to do, what they want to do. And, and, and I also presented the best chance for the party regaining that seat. Because we had a situation where our presidential candidate had over 70% of the votes, yet we lost the seat. There were divisions in the party, and we needed a new face that would unite the party. And people saw me as that person who did not have any uh, previous political stains, uh, who is unblemished to say in the political landscape Though I have helped in the district a lot, in the constituency a lot, I've supported the party over the years, I did not have any direct sides in these divisions. And therefore, I came off as one that can unite the party. So I think we really need to respect uh, um, the delegates. And I'm so grateful to the delegates in Lambusi. I'm so grateful to my campaign team. I'm so grateful to all the elders that bought into the message I came with. And the final one I will say is that like His Excellency John Dramani Mahama has stated in his acceptance speech today, if you talk about giving people opportunity, talk about fighting corruption, talk about um, 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 abolishing things like S. Gracia, these are things that people want to hear. We are seeing situations where the vacancies for jobs are not advertised, yet people are um, giving up employment. And you have people sitting with certificates and degrees in the city center just playing games because there's nothing for them to do. So when you bring that kind of hope, the people buy into that message. Yeah, I mean, and, and when, when I return from the break, I need to ask the question because today John Mama clarified something as far as the aggression is concerned. He says the ministers you appoint, you have to sign an undertaking to forego the the ex gratia even before that constitutional provision is reviewed. And I'll ask all of you if you get um, appointed. If he wins, uh, are you ready to sign that undertaking not to benefit from S. Gracia? And then um, I'll get the thoughts of um, the Muntaka Mubarak. The party definitely must begin a, a, a campaign to unite the ranks on the back of what has happened, particularly from himself. Now that we know that he was a target, he survived. What would it take to unite the party? 
I'll get the, the thoughts of um, Sadiq as well on that. Very important subject. John Muhammad today says, one of the first things you want to do immediately is to meet all the incumbents who lost. There are 16 or so of them who lost. Muntaka says 16 too many, and that could have been avoided. I'll get his thoughts after this. Someone in red. It 